Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. You've got exactly ten minutes to decide if you really want to know. You have built this city. Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've done today. sure you all who listen to the show know that I could give two fucks about the Super Bowl. Also, it's been quite some time since we put an F out, I think January the 13th, and you know that I put in a solemn swear, whatever the fuck that means, that I would get the show out on a pretty consistent basis. So things have been a little tough, uh, me and Brian, excuse that, uh, because we work in different locations now, both in school. And, you know, life gets in the way, as, a, as we always say. Oh, uh, by the way, I'm driving, so you might hear some driving noises and shit. But, um, Brian and I haven't been able to get together together to record another ep. We have a lot of ideas. Uh, we're going to do an episode about Tim Drake Robin. We're going to do an episode about the new Justin Timberlake album that came out. As I record this, it came out on Friday, I believe. And all of the controversy that surrounds that. We're going to have our Eminem retrospective uh, in celebration of his album that came out a few months ago at this point. Um, but in the interim, I figured I'd do something to get an help out for you because it's been a long time. Shouldn't have left you without a dope beat to step to and all that shit. That's too loud. Um, so, what I think I'm going to talk about on this shit, I might have to splash uh, not to splash. Uh, I might have to combine some files to get out before episode. But um, we're going to talk about a book that I've read recently that is also mired. Is mired the right word there? I don't have our new host, Google Home Mini, with me to fact check my um, grammar and my diction. Um, mired? In, I think it is mired in controversy. But essentially, um, I'm going to give a review of the novel by Joe Nesbo called The Snowman. As many of you who listen to our show know, wait a minute. As many of you who listen to our show know, uh, that movie is mired in, again, <laughs> again, I'm using that word, mired in controversy due to the fact that it is apparently horrendous. And when I watched the uh, advertisements for it, I was uh, bombarded with. Um, conflicting feelings. Part of me thought, hey, it has my has my dude, uh, Michael Fassbender, in it, so it might be lit. Another part of me was like, is this a comedy? Is this like a, a sardonic, tongue-in-cheek comedy? Because the advertisements weren't good. They didn't convey a consistent tone for this film. So, sorry about that again. Um, but, so I decided that I kind of want to check the movie out, but I refuse to pay my hard-earned money on it. So I'm, I'm going to wait for DVD or some kind of, well, not DVD, of course, Blu-ray or streaming, preferably for free, on one of my uh, various services I pay for, a la uh, Amazon Prime Video um, or Netflix. 
or HBO Go or some shit, or Stars, something like that, right? So, in the interim, I decided to uh, go ahead and buy the novel because on Amazon they had the mass market paperback for about $7.99. So, for those of you who don't know, when a book is published, right, uh, essentially it comes out in hardcover because that commands the biggest price point because it's a hardcover, so that's caused more for the binding, therefore they can charge more for the uh, product. Um, then a book typically comes, and this is the uh, traditional publishing model, it's, of course it's different now with the advent of the internet and streaming and virtual e-commerce and all that shit for books. Um, then it comes out with a paperback, which is typically more affordable to, to produce, and um, so therefore the price of the book drops down as well. Then the third way that it comes out is what's called a mass market paperback. A mass market paperback is essentially a very cheaply made version of the book. It's typically in cheaper paper, uh, thinner cover stock, and it's typically sold on a mass market. It's not just specialty bookstores or stores that have uh, book aisles. You can find this as like your local grocery store, like Kroger, your uh, whatever the fuck grocery store you have in your town. It's just a grocery store. It isn't like a hybrid like your Targets or your Walmarts now. So when it comes out in mass market paperbacks, it's typically around $9.99, $7.99, something like that. Um, a lot of times it's something that I'm not that interested in and I don't care about the quality quality of the paper stock. I'll wait for the mass market paperback. And I still get it from Amazon because I'm, I'm not an idiot. So the, I bought the snowman in mass market paperback. Uh, also, you should know that the writer of this book series of the Harry Huller uh, crime novels is from Norway, I believe, somewhere in one of the Nordic countries, right? And so the book is translated to English because it's written in his in his uh, dialect, language, whatever the fuck you want to term it. And uh, is this a cop? Uh, yeah, I'm driving, as I was saying, so I was seeing if, if that was a cop that was just passing by. Um, so enough of the preamble. So I, I bought the book. This is translation of the uh, original novel by John Nisbo about the Harry Huller uh, shit. And um, I will say this. These books are renowned in the Nordic countries as being the best crime fiction available. And there's like maybe 12 books of the Harry Huller detective novel series. Uh, Snowman was one of the most popular books in the series. And so that's why they decided to make it the first um, movie adaptation. Um, and I think in the series is in the series is number eight of eleven or something like that. It's pretty late late in the uh, in the series. Uh, so that being said, here's my review of the motherfucking book. Um, it people that I know who have read well not know physically, but people uh, whose opinions I respect have said that these are very good books and they're page turners. A page turner to someone else and a page turner to me are typically not the same thing. Um, I've, I've always been on record saying I don't like Stephen King from what I've read due to the fact that it's not a page turner to me. He goes on for years about a leaf on a fucking tree and I just want the story to move forward. I'm more of a, the class reader and writer of like an Elmore Leonard. Anything that, the, that he thinks are right, a reader will glaze over, he doesn't write it. 
instead of putting all that fluff in there, describing what people are wearing to like their underwear, their socks, how many thread count their sheets are, just tell the fucking story and have the story dictate how, how the characters look by their actions. I'm more of an action-based pro style versus um, an atmospheric. That being said, people who were, who's re, whose uh, opinions I respect have said that the Harry Hoodler novels are known for to be page tenors, very s suspenseful, and shit like that. And I can say, and not in my fucking experience, from the first two thirds, the first two acts of this book, um, I bought it in probably October, which is around the time that the uh, movie was going to be released. So I figured I'd read the book. I'll see if I, if I really liked the book. I was going to go see in the theaters potentially. Uh, obviously, this is February, so that didn't happen. Um, so the book is very well written, and it definitely. You can tell that's not set in America, and it's interesting how their culture is in a different country. So I, I, I like that aspect of it quite a bit. Now, I think that the first three-fourths three of it were very slow. A lot of atmosphere, a lot of building tension, and things like that. Um, but the last, the third act, essentially, was amazing. Uh, twists and turns. Um, it, it literally had me on the, on the edge of my sh uh, seat or my bed because that's typically where I read. And it, and what I like about Joe Nesbo, every concept that he speaks about in the novel ties into the plot. There were just some um, various passages in there. I think it's just building. I thought it was world building for the Harry Hooler universe. But no. Everything that he talks about, every topic that is discussed, ties in some, somehow. He had a uh, the, the novel starts off very slowly with uh, Harry Hooler being in his his apartment flat, whatever the fuck they call it there, and um, a guy's coming there and saying, hey, "Hey, look, motherfucker, you got mold in your apartment. I gotta cut out your walls and shit. I'm gonna be in and out of your apartment for the next couple of days." So Harry Hooler's like, "I'm gonna give a fuck, bro. Do what you gotta do." But there's a very important scene of the, uh, well, a very important turn in the novel that uh, essentially, and forget those pops, you know, I'm a popular guy, I got, you know, people text me, probably some late days, blowing my shit up. Um, but in any event, uh, it ties into a, a very essential plot point because it, 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 it leads to a train of thought that he wouldn't have thought of previously about the mold and how mold travels in his home. Um, and then there's a lot of things talking about, uh, I want to say spoiler alert, so as you know, and all shit, oh shit, there's a very bad snowstorm in where I live, and this turn did not go the way that I intended. I'm okay though, and I have my wireless headset in, so you don't have to worry about me, uh, talking on, talking into my phone as I'm driving, so we're good there. So, there's also, uh, a lot of passages in, in the, in the prose about, um, women not being truthful as to who the who the father of their children are, and that ties into the uh, novel so beautifully. And I didn't see it coming. I thought it was something that, again, world building. Um, also, in terms of essentially, the plot is about uh, Harry Hooler trying to find the first serial killer in Norway, which is something they don't typically have. Us, the serial killer is a very American concept. And typically, the, your average serial killer is a is a middle-aged white male. There's been a couple of African Americans in the day, and, and a few women. But essentially, if you're a serial killer, you're going to be a, uh, a middle-aged white man. For 
whatever reason, who knows. So, what happens is, um, so the part I just told you about, about how uh, women uh, lie about the paternity of their uh, children is a very huge plot point in the book. And it's something that comes into play at the end. And also, in terms of him trying to... Oh, and then the soap... I'm sorry, I'm all over the place. But, you know, that's how we do on our show. Um, another plot point that's very uh, pivotal is the fact that... Um, whenever this snowman guy uh, kills his victims, he always leaves a snowman at the scene. Which is how it got a little hokey. But in the book... Well, in terms of the, of the visuals of the movie... But in terms of the actual book, it's very riveting and it makes sense and it's kind of spooky. But how they filmed it in the in the movie, it didn't mesh well, for lack of a better term. Um, that ties in, and also uh, people people you thought were going to be good guys uh, do the hill turn, which is a, a wrestling term. Shout out to Randy. Um, and then people who were hills end up being heroes, and then there were points where uh, Harry Hooler thought that he found the snowman killer and then he had the evidence to back it up but in plot twist the motherfucker was not the snowman and then the person who was the snowman honestly came out of nowhere and there weren't really any red but there weren't any uh, plot threads that led to that besides the plot thread that came out at the very end so although in most writing if you guys didn't know if you have any kind of big reveal, you have to have some seeds there. It's all about uh, planting the seed and then it grows into a fruit of a plot point. So that didn't really happen. However, what did happen, I was fine with because it, it was a good shock. A shock to your sister and it made sense. Um, I like Derek Coward because I'm doing like what he typically does. Uh, Derek Coward is one of my favorite podcasters and he does a quasi-daily show sometimes. And he typically records it as he's... Uh, driving to work. I'm driving home from work slash the gym, so that's, that's why I just wanted to say that. Shout out to Derek Coward. Um, so, overall, it was a, although it was very slow, and a lot of seeds were planted, he probably planted 25 fucking seeds, and the first two-thirds of the, of the uh, novel, the first and second act, were all seed planting. Seed planting, seed planting, seed planting, and the payoff was very good when they got to the third act. I'm typically a guy who will read uh, like a, a chapter or two, and then I'll read something else. Just make sure I keep everything cool. But with this novel, towards that third act, I was definitely on the edge of my seat, and I don't want to keep reading. Um, that doesn't happen to be very often in a novel because it kept having these twists and turns that were that I didn't always see come. I I didn't see any of the twists are coming honestly. So and he definitely. Uh, definitely did what he intended to do with that um and i would say i want to become a fan of joe nisbo the problem is uh so i got a google home mini this is gonna sound like a tangent but i promise the seed is gonna have a payoff and google is trying to push this product pretty hard obviously so one of the things they're doing is people have google home minis they're giving you a free audio book to uh display how the Google Home Mini can read your audiobook to you. So um, they offered me a free audiobook, anything in the uh, Play audiobook store, and I decided to get a Joe Nesbo Harry Hooler uh, novel. And so I got one called Nemesis, 
and I don't know if it's because the narrator is kind of boring or the book doesn't read well as an audiobook, but it's very boring and I can't get into it and it can't really hold my attention. I might at some point buy this book again in actual prose form to see if, if, if I like it better that way. But so far I have not. Um, so I say that to say this, I wanted to become a fan of Joe Nesbo's work and uh, get more of it. But so far, I'm not a fan of the second work. But The Snowman, as an individual piece of prose, is amazing. Um, in terms of the payoff, it's one of the best books I've ever read. In terms of the uh, seed planting, very slow, very foreboding, but very slow. Not a page turner at all in the first two acts. But if you can just struggle along, don't put, too, don't invest too much time in it. Like I said, I started this book in October. I finished it maybe a week ago, so that was still late January, um, and I wasn't reading it consistently, I probably took weeks at a time off, but, um, it's definitely, it was a very good finish, he stuck the landing, which doesn't always happen in a lot of novels, honestly, I feel that movies finish, uh, better than novels do, if it's the same properties, if it's the same story, like Gone Girl, well, besides Gone Girl might be the exception. I think that that book finished better than the um, movie did. It was a good adaptation, but the book was ultimately better. Because I'm a guy who typically thinks that the movie is better than the book. Because the movie is typically, it takes out all the bullshit and it focuses on the essential. Um, I, like I said, I don't like all that atmosphere building, world building. Just tell the fucking story. And movies typically do that better than a novel. Um, that being said, do I look forward to watching the movie? I do. Um, cause I heard that it's horrendous, and I heard that they make a lot of changes that uh, don't fit in the world with the character in the book. But like I said, if they found a way to make this story, uh, the pacing better, I might like this, the movie better than the um, book. Especially because there's a lot of accents in, in the prose and a lot of uh, words I can't really pronounce because they weren't um, American. Because it's, you know, it's translated to English. It's still a Norway, a Norwegian prose. If that makes sense. Like, um, they didn't change the names of like the cities and all that shit. It's not, not said in America. It's said in Norway. You know. So, um, and Michael Fassbender, it's one of my favorite actors. Um, so I might give the movie a shot. I'm just not paying for that shit. Hopefully, I can find it on fucking um, motherfucking. Uh, what do you call it? on streaming somewhere, Amazon Prime. I feel like it's going to be an Amazon Prime movie because they get a lot of the movies that don't do well in theaters pretty quickly. Um, yeah, but that's, so if I had to give a drunk, a drunk Iron Man score, which is what we're known for on the podcast, I would probably give it a solid eight. Only because it's, overall, it's a great piece of work, but like I said, it's very slow in the beginning. Alright, so now, what I'm going to do, and I might as well take up some more of your time, because this isn't going to be a very long episode, um, and I'll probably put this out in the next few days, I'm going to talk to you a little bit more while I go to rallies to get some food um, for my non-Super Bowl day. I can give a fuck about the Super Bowl. Um, sometimes that makes me feel uh, un-American. Sometimes... <laughs> Um, but I know there are a lot of comic book fans that I've experienced through podcasts and things like that who also don't like sports. Because I feel like a lot of people who read a lot, like I do, don't typically go for sports either. But sports is nothing for me because there's no narrative involved. It's just 
people throwing around a ball. And then also, the fanatics for sports make me not like it either. The people will get violent with you because of what team you're rooting for. And they'll call it their team. If you don't fucking have stock, like, dividends and shit to a team, it's not your team. In my opinion. People like cry with their team wins or loses and shit. It's like, bro, it's a fucking, it's a fucking game of chance. And you might be saying, well, uh, maybe you get emotional about the comic books. And there has there have been comic book films and films in general where I have kind of uh, got emotional for it. But I'm a grown ass man. <laughs> and two, that's because there's a narrative involved, and, and I get invested in that narrative of the people. And, I, and people say, well, sport has a narrative too. There's backstories and all that shit. But I personally, this is going to be a very alienating probably. I don't give much credence to what people do physically. I'm more adept and more in tune to what people can do with their brain, what they can do mentally. Um, so I, the last time I watched the Super Bowl was probably when Justin Timberlake pulled out Janet Jackson's titty. And ironically, tonight he's going to be doing the halftime show again. But based off uh, his Man of the Woods album I'm not that excited to watch it and I don't feel like I'll be missing anything I, every now and again I do watch a halftime show the last one I watched was I think um, Coldplay came out with uh, fucking Beyonce and other people and it was fucking trash it, it didn't seem like Coldplay is a halftime show thing but they wanted to be um family friendly and shit and kid friendly but it's super real something you want your kids to watch guys running after each other and tackling each other and using violence to win things I mean but that's just my thought on it I mean who am I you know I'm just a guy telling true stories based on fiction uh, that's kind of my uh trying to be Derek Howard type of send off but obviously uh <laughs> obviously I don't think it worked as well as it did and if my audio is a little fucked up, I'm sorry. I'm using an old pair of Bluetooth headset, and I'm not really, uh, I'm not sure if my shit, this is stuff. And I'm not sure um, if my shit is working properly. But in any event, uh, if it comes out, I apologize for that shit. This nigga dead. Um, but yeah, until you can talk about it.